What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you think of South Florida and weather... There's a lot to think about. If you're an optimist, the first thing that comes to mind is probably warm weather, sunny days, maybe a little bit of humidity, but a good climate for the beach or the pool. If you're more inclined to negative thoughts or just good preparation, you're probably thinking of hurricanes. I mean, we've talked about hurricanes before on this very podcast, the great Miami hurricane of 1926. So it's pretty natural that that might be the first thing that jumps into your mind. What you probably don't think of, though, are tornadoes. There's a whole part of the country associated with tornadoes, and Florida really isn't even close to it at all. Tornado Alley, as it's known, is part of the American Great Plains. It's known for cold, dry air in the northwest, warm, dry air in the southwest, and warm, moist air in the southeast. Kind of perfect climactic conditions for a cyclone. But just because they tend to happen there doesn't mean they can't happen here. And in fact, Miami has had a number of tornadoes throughout its history. Hurricanes themselves can cause tornadoes due to differences in wind speed at the surface and in the air, being one of the necessary factors for a tornado to develop. But even outside of tropical storms, tornadoes can form. One of the most devastating occurred on April 5th, 1925. It was then known as the Great Miami Tornado. It killed five people, destroyed 250 homes, cutting a significant path through West Miami-Dade County. The tornado, which had winds between 158 and 207 miles per hour, was very strong. It would today be categorized as an F3 on the Fujita Pearson scale. But that's not the tornado we're going to talk about today. In fact, the tornado we're going to talk about today was likely an F0 or F1 tornado. It didn't cause any deaths, thankfully. But it occurred in a different location, smack in the middle of downtown Miami. And even though it thankfully didn't provide the kind of damage that the 1925 tornado did, it sure looked like it was going to. And it was that visual, that image, that stuck in the mind of people in Miami and beyond. Today, this day in Miami history, May 12, 1997, The day a tornado 
cut straight through downtown Miami, danced across the Venetian causeway, and was beamed into homes around the world. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Look, before we even get started, I want to reiterate, this is a visual story as much as anything, and this is an audio podcast. So I would encourage you to check out the show notes for this episode, or just Google Miami Tornado 1997, and there's plenty of captivating video and pictures to see. But I really want to take today's episode to just consider the impact of the visual and the idea of such a massive weather event taking place right in the middle of downtown Miami, right in the middle of the day. As with any weather event, you don't have the actual event of the day without the atmospheric impacts leading up to it. Hours and days before, there's the ability to project, predict, have a rough idea of what's going to happen. Mid to late 1990s reflected a 30-year period in the meteorological field, an effort to computerize and modernize tornado forecasting. During the super tornado outbreak of 1974, warnings had only been issued mere minutes in advance. By the mid to late 1990s, watches, letting the community know that the atmospheric conditions for tornadoes were possible, could be issued hours in advance. And warnings, letting the community know that the conditions were imminent for a tornado, could be issued a half hour before the storm actually arrived. The National Weather Service had an idea that the weather could get a little choppy on the Florida Peninsula on May 12th. In their zone forecast product of May 11th, they alluded to severe weather in north and central Florida, but also said that South Florida was not likely to be spared. The morning edition of the Miami Herald alluded to a few showers and thunderstorms. Its more detailed forecast from Roland Stedham of NBC6 indicated that a few days of clouds and showers were on tap for South Florida, and that on the 12th, South Florida would see a pretty good chance of showers and thunderstorms along with winds out of the south. Again, a slight idea of what was to come, but no clue of the type of storm that would be hitting downtown Miami. On May 12th, a frontal boundary moved across the state, and low pressure moved from the Gulf across the peninsula. That was the spark. And the morning of May 12th, the National Weather Service saw the conditions and issued a tornado watch for all of South Florida at 11.29 a.m. For reference, 
it would be about two and a half hours before the tornado would actually touch down in downtown. Even though it may feel like it, tornadoes don't just drop out of the sky. They need to develop. There needs to be wind shear, and there needs to be a storm cell. And in Miami-Dade that day, there was both. The cell developed around Country Walk, near Miami Metro Zoo. Daniel Brown, a now legendary hurricane specialist with the National Hurricane Center, was actually working with the National Weather Service's Miami office during the time of the tornado and wrote a rather thorough report of exactly what happened and why the storm is so interesting. His description of the path of the storm illustrates the wide swath of population the cell covered and how many people could have been impacted by the storm before it reached Miami. Reading now from his National Weather Service post-mortem, the thunderstorm moved northeast at 20 miles per hour, crossing Coral Gables and South Miami around 1730 UTC. That's about 1.30 Eastern Daylight Time and approached the southwest corner of the city of Miami at 1743 UTC. The base reflectivity products at the 0.5 and 1.5 degree elevation angles, basically referring to the radar, indicated the developing tornado and eventually detected a rather distinct hook echo over Biscayne Bay. That hook echo is a classic telltale sign of a tornado in progress. The tornado developed just southwest of the city and first touched down in the Silver Bluff Estates area at approximately 1753 UTC, that's 1.53 p.m. It moved east-northeast at 20 to 25 miles per hour and cut a 30 to 150-yard wide path, 8 miles in length, and was on the ground for about 15 minutes. After the initial touchdown, the tornado crossed Interstate 95 and moved through downtown Miami before entering Biscayne Bay nearby Centennial Park and the MacArthur Causeway. The tornado then continued northeast and crossed both the MacArthur and Venetian Causeways and moved over Biscayne Island. At that point, the visible funnel cloud began to retreat into the clouds. However, there was one more touchdown right near Collins Avenue and Arthur Gottfried Road on Miami Beach. Pretty impressive travel in just a few minutes of time. There was damage. There were injuries. There were thankfully no fatalities. But again, what made this tornado unique wasn't that it was a tornado that caused damage or injuries, but that it occurred in the middle of a downtown area smack in the middle of the day. And local Miami news was on it. Keep your eye down here on the ground because you'll, you'll see this tornado start to develop not only up in this area, but also down on the ground. Now there, you see that little ghost right there? That's the bottom of the tornado. You can see these two little ones that are actually rotating and beginning to go around the main funnel. This entire cloud, the entire base cloud is rotating. It's its way moving east-northeast. It actually crosses the Venetian Causeway as it makes its way towards the east. You see it start to form. Now you can see the tornado as it uh, ruffles the trees along that bayside part, picking up the water off of Biscayne Bay, rolling it on top of uh, the Venetian Causeway, and now it's starting to cross the causeway and make its way across Biscayne Island and uh, the other islands right along Venetian Causeway. Some amazing video. While local news broadcasts were more than excited to talk about the tornado after the fact, only one local station that I saw had a reporter in the field as the tornado was passing by. That station was NBC6, and that reporter was Ari Otzer. It came up slowly about a quarter of two. First signs, blowing branches and debris from the street. Then, suddenly, a funnel cloud appeared over the NBC6 parking lot. 
It moved quickly across the street. NBC 6's Ari Azra was there. We are in the NBC 6 parking lot. It is now five minutes to two in the afternoon. You look right over there, and you can see the tornado's effect as it goes by the federal prison. You can see lots of debris flying in the air. We have felt pieces fall down on top of us, landing on cars around here. You can see up in the air, there's all sorts of construction debris from a project that's taking place one block over here downtown. It's a rather remarkable bit of video. So much of the video and photographic focus of the storm was from a distance, uh, atop a hospital tower or some sort of long-distance photography from a local Miamian who had a view of the bay. But Ari is actually in Miami, on the ground, talking to camera as the tornado is literally yards away from him. I was so intrigued by this little bit of Miami video history, I had to know more. Yeah, I, I have very, very distinct memories of that tornado. That voice you heard is NBC6's Ari Adzer. Uh, I was fortunate enough to sit down and talk with him earlier this week about his recollections of the 1997 tornado. Now, you would assume in such a long and illustrious career as Ari's that some stories might fall through the cracks, but this one was definitely not one of them. His recollections were vivid and exact. So we're at 316 North Miami Avenue. Yes. So I'm standing there in the newsroom working on some other story, and all of a sudden someone yells, there's a tornado heading towards downtown. So I looked, I looked over, and the first person I saw was Jim Craven, who is a photographer, news photographer, who went on to work for the network for many years, and he recently retired. Uh, but I said, Jim, let's go. So Jim had his camera, he grabbed it, and we started running down the stairs to get from the newsroom to the parking lot in the back of the building. You had to run down these stairs. Everyone who was outside is running inside to safety. And we're the two idiots who are running <laughs> outside to go see what the heck this tornado was doing. So Ari and James Craven, brought together through a combination of geography, the NBC6 studios at the time were located in downtown on Miami Avenue, and Destiny, decided to steer into the story and potentially put their lives in danger to see exactly what was going on outside the door. And we rushed outside and we looked up and it was just, I'll never forget the swirl of building material. It was like roofing material, you know, like tar paper and, and plywood and stuff just swirling above our heads in this big circle. I was like, oh my God, where, what is happening? And then we saw the tail end of the, of the tornado as it went towards the east, towards the northeast away from us. And all of this material swirling in the air like right over our heads. So we ran out there and I tried to do, I did some kind of stand up the spur of the moment just to say something on camera. And Jim was shooting video of all the stuff that was going on. And then we realized what had happened, that it had just missed us. If we'd been out there a couple of seconds earlier, we might have, might have seen more, maybe been injured. But um, it, we saw this stuff swirling literally right over our heads. And we saw the, this, this funnel cloud moving away from us. Eventually, the storm did pull away. The tornado left its trail of damage. Cars were flipped over. A woman was pushed around at her bus stop, leaving skin damage. A number of roofs were peeled off the houses or apartment buildings they were attached to. But ultimately, no long-term damage was done that couldn't be repaired. Thank goodness. But the images remain vivid. Despite the acknowledgement of the danger he faced that day, Ariadzer doesn't think that he did anything particularly out of the ordinary 
for a television journalist. It was an immediate recognition that it's that it's news, that it's newsworthy, that it's unusual. All of that comes in your head immediately. And, and anybody who works in news would think the same thing. It's not like it's anything that I have any particular you know, news judgment about. Anybody in TV news, like 100% of us, hmm. would instantly realize that that's news and we have to go cover it. Sure. I mean, after the fact, I remember thinking, God, I did a crappy job with describing that I should have done much better. I should have said this. I should have said that. You know, in the postmortem of anything, you think of everything you did wrong. You know, so... Yeah, so I don't think I did anything special, to be honest with you. Um, you know, but I did what I could, and uh, and it's just one of those memories that you know, in a long career, that kind of stands out as something really unusual that I had the the good fortune of being there to cover. Modesty is a wonderful trait, but I think Mr. Otzer is being a little hard on himself here, for two reasons. First off, he did a fine job. I'll include the link to the video of his stand-up outside the NBC6 studios in 1997. And the description was perfect. The images were uh, perfectly aligned, what he was describing, and what he was describing is what people in downtown were actually experiencing. And second, as he recalled himself, him and James Craven were the ones who were going out the door when other folks were heading away from the door. And ultimately, without that decision, an important part of this story would have been lost forever. To me... The Great Miami Tornado of 1997 serves two important reminders. First off, Mother Nature can be crazy and dangerous, but exciting. And second, as humans, we have a never-ending capacity of curiosity about those natural phenomenon that can be so visually arresting and so threatening at the same time. First off, I want to thank Ari Otzer for taking time out during an intermission of a Florida Panthers game, by the way, to talk to me about his experience in 1997. He was incredibly kind, and I'll be sharing the full conversation with him later this month, so you have a bonus episode to look forward to. And trust me, it is worth looking forward to. Secondly, I want to shout out the National Weather Service. Their archives are remarkable, and I'll be posting on social media a radar loop of the tornado moving through downtown. That data is still preserved, and you can access it and call it up and create all kinds of fun visuals. I also want to shout out a particular YouTube user, Movie Mag, on YouTube, uh, who has a really great uh, archive of kind of random videos, but some really great Miami weather videos as well. And it's from that archive that I was able to pull a lot of the audio for today's episode. I want to remind you to follow us on social media at This Day Miami Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Please follow, review, Subscribe, whatever you do with your podcasts, uh, uh, This Day in Miami History on your preferred podcast provider. And be sure to visit our website, thisdaymiamipod.com, for show archives, as well as a link to our shop. We have some fun show merchandise with the show logo, as well as Ralph Rennick for Governor t-shirts and bumper stickers. I'm really fond of those. I hope you are too. I've also included uh, a piece of merchandise related to last year's April episode, a This Day in Miami History t-shirt inspired by Miami-Dade County's 1915 auto tags. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, I did a lot of digging to find a 1915 Miami-Dade County auto tag. Um, you should check it out. Uh, so if you have any feedback, be sure to reach out on social media or email thisdaymiamipod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I've been Matthew Bunch. The high times and low times
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.